this is The Causes of Things, and I'm your host, Michael O'Fallon. Pre-sale media introduction to Dr. James Lindsay's newest book, Race Marxism, begins as follows. Quote, Critical race theory is one of the hottest and most controversial topics in the world today. But what is it really? Rightly understood, critical race theory is a reinvention of an older, terrible idea. Marxism, using race as the central construct for understanding inequality in place of economic class. That is, critical race theory is race Marxism. The evidence of this claim is so overwhelming upon even casual examination that it is a shock that it isn't immediately plain to everyone who encounters it. Therefore, this book by James Lindsay, the leading investigator of critical race theory, serves less to make the case that critical race theory is race Marxism and more to serve as a long permission slip to the public to call critical race theory what it plainly is. Race Marxism exists to tell the truth about critical race theory in unprecedented clarity and depth. Across its six weighty chapters, Lindsay explains what critical race theory is, what it believes, where it comes from, how it operates, and what we can do about it now that we know what we're dealing with. It exposes critical race theory for what it is by ranging widely across its own literature and a survey of some of the darkest philosophical currents of the last 300 years in Western thought. Readers will come away understanding critical race theory and be able to speak the truth about it with authority. Critical race theory is race Marxism, and... Like all Marxist theories before it, it will not work this time. End quote. For many years, I've been trying to help anyone who would listen to me understand that the battle that we have ahead of us is primarily built upon ideological weaponry. Ideologies that are sharpened, honed, crafted to pierce our society and fragment our previously unified nation. The actual goal is to set our nation's citizens at war with one another, with the end result being the acceptance of discriminatory, Marxist schemes of income redistribution and, most importantly, the end of national sovereignty. For many years, I have had a hard time finding anyone who could both understand and articulate the ideological challenges and bring those challenges into the light of what is happening from a geopolitical framework within the current players of the World Economic Forum, the Asia Society, the United Nations, the Council on Foreign Relations, and the Chinese Communist Party, who, at some times or another, are all working together for the same goal. And then about three and a half years ago, I met James Lindsay. I met James Lindsay before I'm sure any of you knew that he even existed. And as we talked and as we met over several months, and I viewed more than just curiosity emanating from James, I viewed a passion to understand things, to know things, to know how things work, to understand the mechanism of ideas, to understand the inner workings of global and national politics to understand the why behind everything, to understand the causes of things. With anything that I would discuss with James Lindsay, James would inevitably take notes 
and then research to death to see whether or not something that I spoke about was actually true. And then he would take it a step further, literally becoming the leading expert in any of the discussions that we had previously had, whether it be about the World Economic Forum, or China, or the Evangelical Social Justice Movement, or Herbert Marcuse and Repressive Tolerance, whom I believe to be the bridge between the critical theorists, the cultural Marxists, and the postmodernists of today. James would always take what he found to be true 100 times further than me to understand the inner mechanisms of the why, what, how, and who of any topic. Topics that James Lindsay knew a whole lot about before I ever met him would have been, of course, critical race theory and intersectionality. And he knew these two subjects better than anyone alive, even then, but even more so now. But as much as an expert, really, that he was in 2018 on the subject of critical race theory, James really has traveled literally a million miles past where he was in 2018 in regards to his understanding of critical race theory. And I would say with absolute certainty that James Lindsay is the world's leading expert on critical race theory. And everyone who claims to know critical race theory copies or refers to him. Chris Rufo, Vodi Bakum, and nearly everyone who is fighting against CRT is reliant upon Dr. Lindsay's research and his careful analysis of critical race theory. Before James Lindsay came into the public consciousness back in 2019, primarily due to the hoax papers and then our discussions regarding CRT, radical subjectivity, and intersectionality from the rooftop in Manhattan, I think many of you have come to us and told us that that was your red pill moment. Well, before then, there was a lot of confusion in education, politics, and in Catholic and Christian circles in regards to what it was that they were actually fighting against. When the infamous Resolution 9 was rudely introduced in 2019 at the Southern Baptist Convention, I heard so many of my friends grappling to understand what had just happened. And I knew that if I wagged my finger in their face with a million I told you so's, that it would not be received well. So, I called James Lindsay and Peter Bogosian and said, Hey guys, let's have some conversations. No time limits. Say whatever you want to say. But I really wanted to help the Christian community understand that what was happening in their churches, denominations, and seminaries, and as well helping other affinity groups of all sorts understand that what was happening in nearly every religion what was happening in nearly every major corporation, what was happening in the financial institutions, what was happening in politics, both Democrat and Republican, was essentially a reshaping of the ideologies that hold our society together. And at the center of this deconstruction of everything was critical race theory. And if you have heard the discussions that James Lindsay and I had on the rooftop back in the summer of 2019, you would understand that those discussions and the deep knowledge and understanding of James Lindsay broke the information dam wide open and flooded the critical race theory troops still battling in the Bailey, and it forced them to retreat into the Mott. It was the breaking the code of the woke enigma machine. It was Dr. James Lindsay being the Rosetta Stone of the woke postmodern language game, exposing the entire structure. And now, in February of 2022, 
Dr. James Lindsay is driving the silver stake through the heart of critical race theory with his new book, Race Marxism. And I believe that this book, published purposely and strategically by Dr. Lindsay's organization, New Discourses, for the sake of speed and keeping all content in place, is the final word on the subject of critical race theory. It not only goes into absolute minute detail of the origins and functions of critical race theory, but it also gives, in plain and simple language, what critical race theory does and what critical race theory's goals are. For instance, in Chapter 1, Dr. Lindsay simplifies the definition of critical race theory by stating right off the bat that the definition of critical race theory is the following, very simply. Number one, calling everything one wants to control racist until it is fully under your control. Number two, it is a Marxian conflict theory of race. In other words, race Marxism. Number three, critical race theory is a belief that racism created by white people for their own benefit is the fundamental organizing principle of society. And so, again, to start the very first chapter, there is an immediate but simple true defining of what critical race theory, number one, aims to do, number two, what it is, and number three, what its false claims are. Well, let's start with number one. Because number one, critical race theory calls everything and anything racist until the thing gives up to the relentless badgering of being called racist and is put under the control of the critical race theory tyrants. So think about it. Education has given up and has been taken over by this racist badgering. Christianity has gone through this racist badgering and have given up to the critical race tyrants. Corporations have given up everything and jumped in to be allies with the critical race tyrants, whom, if you haven't noticed, the critical race tyrants are all Marxists, each and every one of them. And the race Marxists must control every single facet of our society, almost as if they had a bloody hard-fought revolution and had taken over everything, but without the bloody hard-fought revolution. Well, number two. Critical race theory is a Marxian conflict theory of race. It is race Marxism. So, conflict theory refers to a way of thinking about society frequently attributed to Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, though it need not only apply to socialist or socialism-like thinking. It could apply to the individual context, as it does with Hobbes. But the term usually refers to Marxian thought, which views various social groups as intrinsically in conflict with one another for access to resources and the fruits of society. It is this group-based application that is relevant to the theory of critical social justice. And so, conflict theory sees society as stratified into groups in zero-sum conflict for the resources, opportunities, and rewards of society. Now, these groups are typically organized as oppressor and oppressed. Now, this means that it sees society broken into different classes along some axis that fight against one another for control of society, such that where one gains, the other necessarily loses. 
and for Marx and Engels, who believed that power was located in economic class, the conflict took place intrinsically at the group level, with the relevant groups being the working class proletariat masses against the capitalist bourgeoisie. Applying conflict theory across this stratification along this axis is one of the fundamental operating assumptions of Marxism. Conflict theory is, in some sense, the engine of Marxian dialectical materialism. Now, eventually, following World War II, the neo-Marxist thinker Herbert Marcuse, by then in America, purposed in his landmark 1964 book, One Dimensional Man, that racial minorities should, in particular, be agitated for a kind of racial consciousness over systemic racism, in which he likened to a kind of fascism then proposed was imminent just beneath the surface of society. This, at the least, strongly encouraged the development, maturation, and radicalization of the Black Liberation Movement, which eventually would manifest itself in Black Lives Matter. And this had other roots in the liberation movements and related liberation theology, where you can find some roots back to the Catholic Church with Dom Helder Camara and Gutierrez. And of course, those roots lead back to Klaus Schwab. Now, around the same time, feminists who, in having adopted so much Marxism by that point in their own ways, had taken up similar conflict theory-based analyses. These approaches had laid the seeds for the identity-based conflict theory that developed from the 1960s through the 1990s in a second phase of neo-Marxist thought. And it's known as identity politics, and eventually came together in intersectionality, which emerged from this milieu in the late 1970s in the Combahee River Collective that, of course, was formalized by Kimberly Crenshaw. Now, a lot of this information can be found at New Discourses, and I would suggest that you follow that up there. And Dr. James Lindsay provides the entirety of this understanding of just saying that critical race theory is a Marxian conflict, theory of race. It is race Marxism. And finally, in just the first brief words of chapter one of race Marxism, Dr. Lindsay states this. Number three, that critical race theory is a belief that racism created by white people for their own benefit is the fundamental organizing principle of society. This is what they believe. And this, of course, is at the heart of the press to change everything that we have currently in society, to destroy it all, and then, of course, to build it back better. But before you can build back better, you must tear it down completely. And what a better way to accomplish this than by turning the nation's people, its own citizens, against one another. Especially now that you have flooded the nation over the past 20 years or so, and especially over the past two to three years, with a whole lot of people who just really don't care about America's heritage, about America's values, about America's system of meritocracy and capitalism. You have people who have come for a better life and will follow the rules. So you have a people who are Latinos like me. You have people who are Asian like my wife. You have people who are black like some of my board members. You have people who are homosexual. You have people who are confused about what they are each day. And instead of a shared unity built around equality, opportunity, fairness, and the Constitution of the United States, you set everyone at war with one another, and you let everyone know that they didn't get a fair shake because they aren't male and white. And you encourage a spirit of vengeance within everyone 
to take revenge, to get what they think is justice, and eventually discriminate against people who have less melanin in their skin. And not only that, but do you remember James Lindsay's definition of critical race theory in number three? If you recall, it was, you get everyone to believe that racism created by white people for their own benefit is the fundamental organizing principle of society. And so you need to now, if you believe that that is true, you need to now tear down the systems. And the systems that you tear down are capitalism, the constitutional republic, the church, the schools, the system of government. Because in your view, the entire system is racist and is set up to perpetuate white supremacy. And that is why the critical race theorists can point to a man like Ben Carson or a woman like Candace Owens and call them white supremacists. Because those two wonderfully intelligent people still support the systems that the United States was built upon. And critical race theorists look at the systems, the Constitution, the economy, the Bill of Rights, as racist, as temples to white supremacy. The same goes for the church or any religion for that matter. In Christian denominations, you have to start to convince everyone that you believe in inerrancy, but that you believe that our interpretation of Scripture came through the epistemological lens of systems of white supremacy. And the only way to really understand what God had to say is by hearing authentically brown, Asian, black, and mixed-gender commentaries on Scripture. Now, note the word that I just used, authentically. And what they are saying is that the African-American, the Asian, or woman who may have written a commentary on, let's say, Galatians, must agree with the principles of critical race theory, that all previous systems of power were built to favor whites, and that they must be deconstructed. And so, their commentary provided of Scripture must deconstruct what may have been said previously by Augustine, Irenaeus, Aquinas, Luther, Calvin, Turretin, Knox, or any of the confessions. Because the church must be deconstructed and then reconstructed according to the intersectional frameworks that they are now working within. And then let's look at the corporate world. Now you get corporations and financial institutions to believe that racism created by white people for their own benefit is the fundamental organizing principle of society. And this must be deconstructed and reorganized. And so every corporation joins in with Black Lives Matter while they are tearing down, burning down, beating up policemen, setting police cars on fire all across the United States. And every financial institution, of course, then embraces ESG guidelines. And again, ESG is environmental, social, and governance. And you get every tech company to apply these same principles to everything that you do. But you aren't taking back power from systems that oppress black voices or Asian voices. No, you are destroying the equal and fair sharing of differing opinions everywhere. And you are practicing race Marxism. And folks, this is all just at the very beginning of chapter one of Dr. Lindsay's monumental work, Race Marxism. And it will take me several episodes to fully unwind race Marxism and why you need this vital tool in your library right now. And we will continue with race Marxism part two 
next on The Causes of Things.